0: Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the NBA Front Office Show. We're going to continue today with our season preview slash review series. We had a couple of teams to talk about. One Western Conference, one Eastern Conference. We've got the Memphis Grizzlies and the Charlotte Hornets. We're going to kick things off with the Grizzlies. Keith, I I don't know. Maybe this is just West Coast bias here for me or something like that, or Western Conference bias, I guess. it's just (laughs) It happens to be the slide that I've got up right now. So we're going to go with the Grizzlies, the team that has to cut – Four players off their roster just to be compliant with league rules. Some decisions to make here coming up.
1: Yeah, I, lo- I love how you say West Coast bias. I know. Then I like the, went, they way. probably That's... should be an Eastern Conference team. Yes. And, you know, it's a uh, yeah, it's it's crazy. That's why I continue to say this has nothing to do with what we're podcasting about today or or YouTubing about. I guess um, is. They gotta put two teams that are truly west teams yeah. when they expand you know and then move let's get memphis to the east where they belong it's uh it's a little crazy that they're they're a west uh western conference team i get it geographically they are uh that minnesota and new orleans are all pretty close but yeah and then you know quite frankly we didn't do away with conferences and do the divisions different i don't know it probably never happen though yeah, uh but yeah knows. memphis um they're in an interesting spot mm-hmm. here. They had an extremely busy offseason. So we can we can get into to that. So uh players added Steven Adams, uh Santi Aldama. He was one of their draft picks, the 30th pick that they acquired uh late um in the draft process. Jarek Culver, Chris Dunn, Carson Edwards, Sam Merrill, Daniel O'Turu, and Zaire Williams. Uh, he came along with Adams after they traded up with the Pelicans. That trade. Uh, also saw there's a couple guys that aren't on this list because we're doing mm-hmm. this off of who they still have because right. they have uh, <laughs> added and shuffled off of Patrick Beverly, Eric Bledsoe, uh, Juancho Hernan Gomez, Rajon Rondo, uh, all, all those guys. have uh, they they Hopefully they did not buy uh, property <laughs> in <laughs> I, Memphis. I don't think they even <laughs> set foot, any of them, in Memphis. <laughs> no, none of them did. I, I think the next time we'll see them in Memphis is the next time their current teams play the Grizzlies. Yep. Um, But yeah, and then players lost, Grayson Allen, Tim Frazier, Sean McDermott, who was one of their two-way players, uh, Jonas Valanciunas, and Justice Winslow. So you can see the players added list is a little bit bigger than the players lost list. And then players retained, Kyle Anderson, Desmond Bain, Dylan Brooks, Brandon Clark, Jaron Jackson Jr., Tyus Jones, John Conchar, DeAnthony Melton, John Morant, Killian Tilly, one of their two-way guys, and Xavier Tillman. Uh, So this was a Pretty deep team mm-hmm. with a lot of guaranteed contracts. Uh, they made a couple shuffles in and out. And as uh, Trevor said, Four guys got to go still. They're, they're plus four. The guy don't have listed on here is Eve's Pawns because we don't put the training camp invite guys on these slides. My guess is it's really going to be about three guys who got to go because they'll probably convert him to a two-way contract with Killian Tilly. And then three guys got to go. So I'm going to go off script here a okay. little bit from our normal. Oh, and let's, let's go right to it. Who do you think the three guys are that that get waived from this team? And I'm putting Trevor on the spot here, everybody. Oh, he did not man. know I was going to ask him
0: this. Um, That's a tough call. I mean, because they've got – like you said, they were a deep team last year. They had a lot of guys that they leaned on. I remember, I mean, even Xavier Tillman had some nice moments. Uh, Daniel yep. Oturu, I don't know about him. I, I don't know. I, I'm I can kinda, give you
1: my picks. If I, you I,
0: mean. I'm kind of stuck. I'm, I'm kind of looking at Oturu, but I know they could probably use another big potentially uh, – Maybe I'll go Oturu Mello or Merrill Mellow. <laughs> I'm getting ahead of myself there. To the Hornets, <laughs> I'll go Oturu <laughs> uh, Merrill and uh, Carson Edwards, just to pick some. Yeah,
1: I think. So we're in agreement on Oturu and Edwards. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure Chris Dunn makes it. Oh. Uh, I think Merrill, just because this team has been forever in need of shooting, and he can do that a little bit. I think maybe Chris Dunn goes. I think. Chris Dunn could help, but this team already has so many guards. Uh, They have Morant. They have Desmond Bain. Dylan Brooks plays a lot at guard. They have Tyus Jones. They also have uh, De'Anthony Melton, who's a really nice player who I know they want to get more minutes for. So maybe they they decide – are. Yeah, we, we don't need yet another guard kind of muddying these waters and let's move move on from them. So, Alright, so we can get into the real meat of the show here. So we went through who they added, who they lost, who they retained. Uh, other changes, no extensions here yet. Jaron Jackson Jr. we're waiting on. We think he'll probably a uh, good chance he'll get a rookie scale extension. We'll see mm-hmm. what that looks like. If you're Memphis, you're trying to get that at a kind of team-friendly number uh, just because he hasn't been healthy for a couple years. Now, for them, and if you're Jackson, you're looking at and saying, "Hey, I'm one of the better, uh, unique bigs." There was I I I wish I could find the tweet now. I can't, um, but I uh, this was during the hiatus last year. I put together uh, just some interesting stats, and one of them was uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. joined Channing Frye and Carl Anthony Towns as players who were six foot eleven and above. Uh, as guys who had shot a significant number of three pointers, it was like four plus attempts mm-hmm. per game, and hit the percentage that they hit. So both volume and percentage wise, were there. He was. They were the only three guys that were six eleven or taller uh, to do that. So he, he's still a pretty unique player. So let, let let's just go there real quick. Yeah. What would you give him in an extension? What do you feel like is fair for him right now?
0: I mean, he's a kind of he's the kind of guy where, like you said. He's got the ability to step outside and shoot the three and that is so, so important for modern bigs in terms of just hitting that next level. He's not a guy where you're going to be forced to play him at the five all the time because he can't really space the floor for you or anything like that. His release, it's a little bit awkward. Like he doesn't shoot an effortless shot or anything, but it goes in. He makes a lot of them. I'm very, very high on him. Um... I'm probably trying to lock him up on a 4-year deal and I'm going to see if I can get him around 20 million and maybe build in some protection because of that injury risk. I don't know if he'll go for something like that, but if I'm Memphis, that's what I'm hoping for right out of the gate.
1: Yeah, and that's about where I am, somewhere between 480 and 488. Uh, like in that range. And my mm-hmm. guess is he probably wants four a hundred. Yeah. And, and that's, that's where I was doing. Yeah, we'll, we'll see if they land somewhere in between those. So yeah, it is kind of just something to keep an eye on. That's probably their Other than the waivers that we talked mm-hmm. about, that is probably their last uh, piece of significant business uh, that this team needs to do, because obviously their roster is pretty well full. Uh, they, they They've got all these guys. The other thing too, when we talk about these waivers, just to be clear, these are not straightforward cuts because these are non-guaranteed guys or camp guys. They have 18 players on fully guaranteed contracts. So that's what we're talking about here. What we're talking about, yeah, they get to waive somebody and, and, uh, you know, e- eat a little bit, a bit of money on, on the books here. And they're already, uh, eating about 8 million or I'm sorry, 4.8 million for Rajon Rondo, 2.7 million for Mark all. Mm-hmm. And then Jonte Porter's on their books for 3 million. So you're already up, you know, over, you know, $70 million in in, uh, um, you know dead money on your books with that they do have 4.9 million they've not used their room exception yet so they do have that for spending power down the line maybe because again they not don't have to be roster a dead spots here but they don't have roster spots so all right so let, let's get into it a little bit more so yeah. projected st- starters uh for this team um you can go ahead and go first if you would like
0: yeah i mean we've been talking about this a bit john Morant, dylan brooks i think those guys are pretty locked in uh then you've got of course jaron jackson jr steven adams by the way physically is there any player in the nba that looks more like their team than steven adams and the memphis grizzlies i think that's just the, the perfect fit question. for them yeah uh, and then i think kyle anderson's like at the it. three i do bring up the question of what does desmond bain's development look like could you see a lot of minutes where dylan brooks slides to the three and you've got bain into the, the two to provide that extra shooting there but i do think it's kyle anderson out of the gate at least to start at the three for the grizzlies
1: yeah, I think so, too. Maybe if you decided you wanted a little more size off the yeah. bench, maybe then Anderson goes to the bench because he can kind of play 3-4 for you off the bench versus uh, be – uh, kind of making do with Tillman and Clark. The the one thing this team doesn't really have is a true backup five. They get by with Tillman and Clark, mm-hmm. but those guys are more small ball options. But I think when your, your three big rotation is essentially Adams, Jackson, and Clark for the most part – you're pretty good because Jackson can slide over and play the five, especially against backup groups, and you're pretty good there. So I'm with you on the starting five, Adams, Jackson, Anderson, Brooks, and Morant. And then I just talked through a couple pieces. I think they're rotation pieces. Pretty clear. It's it's uh, Brandon Clark, Desmond Bain, DeAnthony Melton, Tyus Jones, and Xavier Tillman. We'll see, can a Jared Culver break into that? If right. Chris Dunn makes the team, could he break into that rotation somewhere? There's been a lot of talk that maybe Tyus Jones could be a guy that get gets put forward in a trade. I do think that this team could be ripe for a consolidation trade when we get to the trade deadline. If they're looking at it and saying, boy, you know, we really need to add one guy who can fill this one role. They, they've they got a bunch of those good mid-range contracts mm-hmm. that they could put together to go get a guy like that. So I think, think that's just another thing to kind of keep in mind with, with, with this group. Uh, ro- rotation, is there anybody else on this roster that stands out for you that could really break into a rotation role?
0: Um, I mean, De'Anthony Melton is a guy that I've been a big fan of since he came yeah. into the draft. I was shocked that he fell as far as he did. I, I like him a lot. So I think that he could be a difference maker for, him. but I I don't think that's a shock though. I think he's already factored in as, as part of the rotation. Um, you yep. know, you know, John Concar, he, he seems to have this ability where, and, and maybe it's just when I see the Lakers play him, but he, but he always just steps on the floor and does good things. Right. And, and so yeah. He's a guy that you have to keep an eye on. But other than that, I think you nailed the guys that are really going to be parts of the uh, of the rotation or key pieces anyway.
1: And I think what gets interesting there is uh, Zaire Williams and Santi Aldama probably not going to play very much yeah. uh, for for this team as rookies. And I think that's okay. I think in summer league, now summer league's not the be-all, end-all, and we don't overreact to it. But neither one of them looked very good in, in summer league. They, they both looked uh, like they need – need uh, lots of development time. But that's okay, and that's, that's fine. Get get them to the G League, let them develop there, and then, then we'll we'll move forward from there. So uh, into our next question about this, what mm-hmm. do you think this team's biggest strength is?
0: I mean, John Morant, eh, where he goes, they go. He's the, their ability to attack on the offensive end. That is a major strength because you've got a guy that's so dynamic. His ability to get in the paint really sets things up. And then when you combine that, with Triple J, Jaron Jackson Jr., and his ability to shoot from outside, that makes a really lethal combo. So I like that, but overall, if I'm looking at just this Grizzlies roster – it's the depth. It's the fact that they can really come at you in waves. um, And they've got that kind of, you know, it's not the grit and grind Grizzlies anymore, but they still kind of have that, that mentality where they're going to outwork you. And so when you add up all of that, you've got a team that's no fun to deal with right on a random Wednesday night in January, they can give anybody a run for their money. And so I think that is a strength of theirs. they're not a top tier team by any means, but they're also not a team that you can overlook.
1: Yeah. I like that one. I, I think for me, it's their overall depth. Yeah. I think this team has really good quality depth. I think they go at least ten, if not eleven or twelve guys deep in NBA players, which is huge. That, that that's big. Hopefully this year more on a normal schedule with more days off and Hopefully, knock on wood, less COVID concerns and those kind of things. Hopefully, uh, you won't have to rely on that deep depth quite as much. But but I do think, think that they have really good uh, depth. Uh, switching over to their biggest weakness. Mm-hmm. I think their biggest weakness for me is just shot creation outside of John Morant. They're very reliant on him to create a lot. And they have to get things through scheme quite a bit where it is running guys off screens and a lot of off ball stuff and those kind of things. And they no longer have the benefit of dumping into Valanchunas in the post and play through him. If things are really going, cause that's just not something Steven Adams does. Uh, so I, th- I think that's probably my biggest weakness for this team is how, how do they create offense uh, when it's not John ja Moran and in- Yes, I know Dylan Brooks can create shots, mm-hmm. but it's always his own shots, and they are quite often ones where you're like, oh, boy. You know, <laughs> that's, I love Dylan Brooks' yeah. confidence, and I would always have a spot for Dylan Brooks on my team just because I think you need guys like that. But that's more a guy – I I think I would like a lot better in 20 minutes a night off the bench, uh, just letting it fly. than somebody who's getting 20 shots a night in 35 minutes as a
0: starter. Well, Keith, it's funny because that was actually my biggest weakness of the team is they are asking Dylan Brooks to do too much, right? That's it's, it's just a little bit above what he should be asked to do. Um, If you trim down that role a little bit, and that means probably adding in some other pieces and things like that, he can be, I think a lot more effective, but I think they're needing him to do a little bit more than than he's capable of. And that's creating some really inefficient play. And part of it is, like you said, it's just him. He's very, very confident and all all of that. But uh, I think that he's just being asked to do a little bit too much in terms of that shot creation, getting things going for other people, which doesn't happen all that often. So that's certainly a challenge of theirs moving forward.
1: Yep, completely agree. All right, good, bad, or indifferent off season. What do you think?
0: You know, I'm kind of indifferent here on this offseason. I was hoping that this was yeah. going to be a team that really took a big step forward, and I can't say they took a step back or anything like that. But I was hoping they would take a big step forward. You move out Valanciunas, you bring back Stephen Adams. You did, you know, flip flopped all these veterans, Eric Bledsoe and Rondo, and all that. And you basically it all comes down to Jarrett Culver. There just wasn't that big move that made me say, "Oh wow, the Grizzlies are ready. They are going to be a force to be reckoned with this season." Like I can't even put them up into that you know, that middle tier yet in the Western Conference, pretty much it's, it's almost the way I feel about the Dallas Mavericks, where if they are better than last season, it's going to be because John Morant is simply that much better than he was last season. Just like the Mavericks there, if they're going to be better, it's going to be because Luca just gets that much better. Not because they added in all these pieces that are great fits and, and now they're ready to make the leap or anything like that.
1: Yeah, I'm with you on Indifferent. They did a lot of stuff. I just don't know how much of it necessarily moved them forward uh, this year. I just think it was this flurry of transactions. And when I look at it, it's eh, Adams isn't as good as Valentinus And they added a couple young guys that may take a couple years. Now, I think what they did nice long term was they've got some decisions to make because Dave, we we mentioned Jackson's due for an extension this year. Kyle Anderson's going to be a free agent uh, after the season. So that's something that they're going to have to deal with at some point. Tyus Jones, Chris Dunn, if he makes it, those guys are also coming up on free agency after this year. So we'll see where that all goes. But yeah, I'm with you. I I just, I don't think they did enough. And I don't know if in the West – their internal improvement is going to be enough to continue to keep them ahead of some of the other teams. Uh, I think we've got teams that are pretty good now. I don't think this team's going to be bad by any means. I don't think they're going to slip down towards OKC and Houston no. at the bottom of the they're conference. They're not a tanking team. But, I, but yeah, but they're, I struggle to see how they get out of the play-in mix. Uh, I just think they're somewhere in that 7 to let's call it 11 or 12 range teams that are fighting for the play in in the West. And I can't, I just, there's no way I can see them uh, in the top six.
0: Yeah. Agreed. And do you want to just get into where we're projecting them for uh for this season? Yeah.
1: So let's do that. Let's do the range of finish. Yeah. Um, What's your high end? So my
0: high end for them, I've got them up at six on the high end. And then the low end, I've got them down at the bottom of the play. And so obviously not a, not a huge range there, but I've got them. I did a, a, a ranking, sort of a tier-based ranking uh, the other day for the Western Conference for Lakers Nation, and I had Memphis finishing up about nine. So I've got them on the high end at about six and the low end at 10. And most realistically, I see them just in terms of overall talent and where I feel like they would fit in things in, in like a power ranking type situation. I've got them sitting about nine.
1: Yeah, so that's interesting. Your 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 high end's a little higher and your low ends a little higher. So you've got them more pretty stable. I, I, I think high end seven or eight. Mm-hmm. So I'll say I'll say seven. I'll be optimistic. I think low end, I could see them being twelve. It just okay. it, it doesn't go as well in a handful of teams past them. So you think of like kinda, Sacramento kinda get ahead of them. Yeah, I could Was see Sacramento them? passing okay. them. I could see maybe if everything went right for the Spurs, okay. you know, maybe the Spurs end up better than them. I, they'll definitely be better than OKC. I think they'll definitely be better than Houston. I think they'll they'll definitely be better than Minnesota. Uh, then it kind of after that, they just they're they're right there with New Orleans, Sacramento, San Antonio. Uh, I, I think they're they're more in that grouping, uh, but. 2 years ago I picked them to be the worst team in the NBA right. and they, they almost made the playoffs so my track record with picking against the Grizzlies uh, is is not all that great. All right, what is your biggest question remaining for this team going into the season is if it's something different than that we haven't covered
0: No, already. it's pretty much just, it's how are they getting to that next level? You know, what what is the move from here because it felt like like I said this offseason yeah. they they made moves but they were just kind of, you know, they're running on the treadmill, right? They were they didn't really get anywhere. So how do you take that next step aside from just, oh, we believe ja is gonna get better and Jaron Jackson Jr. is gonna get better and then we're off and running? Like, does Steven Adams make you that much better compared to having balance Eunice in there? I don't think you're they're different players, but I don't think that's taking your team to the next level. So what is their plan? Because pretty soon John ja Morant. Jaren Jackson Jr., these young guys they've got they're going to be itching to really win, and then you can find yourself in a in a tough situation.
1: Yeah, no, that it's. I'm going to add on to that. Yeah. I guess the way I add on to that is, do they make a trade? Do you start to combine some of these guys? Yeah. And and why not? If you're looking at, or we're not going to be able to keep Kyle Anderson. We're not going to be able to keep Tyus Jones and do you really need to those are kind of different questions you can ask but that's over 18 million dollars in salary matching right there that goes a long way now you add to that a, a couple other guys and now you're up over 20 and you can just about get in the mix for uh any any player who may may come available and i do wonder are they one of those teams i could jump in there on a guy that's wow, that's interesting. The Grizzlies went for him. Can they convince him to stay? Mm-hmm. But is that kind of more of just a, hey, we're going to make this move and get this guy for a couple years and hopefully playing with John Morant and Jaron Jackson Jr. Um, by all accounts, everything I know, people love Memphis. Um, that the, the fans have gotten super behind this team, mm-hmm. uh, especially through the grit and grind years and all those kind of things. I do think the Adams uh, signing is maybe uh, trying to get back to that you know, kind of team we're going to beat you up physically. And those kind of things are the Adams acquisition. I should say not signing. Um, but yeah, I, I, that's my biggest question is, do you cash in some pieces to push this thing forward? Is that the way you go about this?
0: Yeah, that, that may be the end result for that. and that. It may be, like you said, taking a gamble on somebody whose value is a little bit depressed because they've got free agency pending or something like that. And then just betting on the fact that you're going to convince them to stay kind of like Oklahoma city did with, with Paul George a few years ago.
1: Yep. Completely agree. Yeah, I'm I, I'm with you guys. Is, is that the way, way you go? And is there somebody who unexpectedly they go out and say, hey, mm-hmm. you know what, we're going to go get get this guy and we're going to make this work. So yeah, are ready to move on to the it. Charlotte Hornets? All let's right. head on over and talk about the Charlotte
0: Horns. I and maybe keep maybe I save this one just because I love this graph. This is my favorite of all the graphics that you that you've done so far for this. Oh, thanks. It's man. just it's just cool looking with the, the you know the honeycomb background and all that here with the uh with the Hornets, so aesthetically
1: pleasing. I appreciate that. Good stuff. Yeah, I like this one too. I like. I also. I love Charlotte's color scheme yes. with teal and purple. Yep, it's one of my favorites in the league. So, all right, let's look at guys they added. James Booknight in the draft. Mm-hmm. Wesley Awindu. Uh, came over in the trade, the Devonte Graham sign-and-trade. Uh, Kai Jones was added in the draft. Love Hernandez Kobolka, he was drafted a couple years ago. He's coming in on a two-way. Scotty Lewis, another guy who was added at the draft, he's going to be on a two-way. They signed Kelly Oubre Jr. That one was a bit of a surprise mm-hmm. after uh, – uh, Uber kind of sat out there for a little bit. Charlie used their remaining 12 million, million or so in cap space to go get him. They traded for Mason Plumley of Detroit. Yep. They signed Dish Smith to come in and be their backup point guard. And then they, uh, moved or added JT Thor, uh, one of the the best names in the draft. The uh, also, another guy they added at the draft. um This one, I, I, I had to change the graphic a little just to fit it because they had so much roster change. But players lost Bismack Biombo, Nate Darling, one of their two way guys. Devonte Graham, that's clearly mm-hmm. the biggest loss they had. Caleb Martin, one of the two Martin twins. He was waived. He's since uh, caught on with the Miami Heat. Malik Monk, uh, finally came into his own and seems like he got past his personal issues and now is uh playing pretty good ball but he's off to to your team to the That's lakers right. uh grant Riller, one of their other two way guys is gone brad wanamaker and cody zeller a couple veterans there uh players retained: Lamelo ball miles bridges vernon carey jr gordon hayward uh cody martin jalen mcdaniels nick richards terry Rogier, and PJ Washington and then Terry Rogier landed the veteran extension um, that was already signed and inked. And I I said this when we talked about that extension getting signed, uh, but it's good to bring it up here, too. Go look at Terry Rozier's stat line. Before you you respond to that extension. Yes. Before you think like, this is crazy. You know, this guy's not that good. He was great last year for this team. And this team was pretty good and then fell apart late due to injuries because they lost ball. They lost Hayward. It just really all kind of crumbled on them and they probably should have been a team that was uh, fighting their way through the playing, and maybe even a playoff team. And I think that's the step that they are hoping to take uh, the, this next season.
0: Yeah. Terry Rogier, I mean, just to drive it home because most people don't think of him as a shooter, 41% from three, two seasons ago on 6.7 attempts per game, 39% from three last season on 8.3 attempts per game. Like that's ridiculous. That's, that's quality shooting on high volume that's what you're getting on it. you can't ask for much more than that no. plus the fact that he can handle the basketball for the moments when uh when lamella ball you know when when he swings the ball to somebody else you've got a secondary creator in terry Rozier. you've got somebody that can handle the ball when he's out if you're not going to rely on Ish Smith, it's a great great fit and um yeah i think he's not getting enough credit for just how good he's been the last couple of seasons
1: agreed four year 96 million dollar extension there's there's a very small amount that's non-guaranteed mm-hmm. in the uh, the the final year of that, but it's essentially fully guaranteed. I think it's only about one point seven million or so that that they can save. But yeah, and you know what? For what guys are going for, very well worth it yep. uh, for him. A little bit more than Aaron Gordon got, but his. Numbers were really, really good, as you did just put together. So let's get into it. Starting five for the Hornets. I'll go first this yep. time. Um, and I think it's pretty
0: straightforward.
1: Yeah, it but I'm kind of curious to see what you think. Um, Mason Plumlee at the five. Mm-hmm. PJ Washington at the 4, Gordon Hayward at the 3, uh then Rogier and LaMelo in the backcourt. It's kind of they flip-flop. Uh, LaMelo runs the offense, Rogier plays off the ball and then they flip-flop on defense. Rogier guards the point guards and LaMelo guards off ball. He generally kind of floats with Hayward yep. and switches there. You got anything different in that starting no, That, group is, for that you? is
0: exactly what I had. I think that's I think they're actually one of the easier teams in the NBA to project their starting yeah. five because it just it seems like it's all pretty pretty set.
1: You know what I think, too? One thing with this starting five, that might be one of the better passing starting fives in the entire NBA. Yes. Because Mason Plumley's a very good passer for a big man. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can run a lot of stuff through him at the elbows where he does stuff. I always go back to when he was in Denver, they ran a lot of the same stuff with when uh, Jokic was out of the game, just using Plumlee, uh, because he is a good passer. Hayward, we know, is one of the best passing wings in the game, and then Rozier and Ball are. I think at their heart, they're both really point guards. Um, and Lamelo Ball is already one of the better passers in the league, and Rogier's proven to be uh, a better than average passer. Mm-hmm. So I do think they can can move things out uh, Rotation players behind them. This is where it gets a little interesting because they don't really have a pure backup five. I'm um, on this on this team. Right, so right. It, it's 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 young guys. It's guys like Vernon Carey and Nick Richards and those kind of guys that are more towards the bottom of the roster. But I think what they'll do is they'll make do with PJ Washington playing some file. Like he'll slide over and play the five when Plumlee's out. Uh, maybe Jalen McDaniels gets used there a little bit. A player that I know they like. But Kelly Oubre is probably going to be the top guy off the bench. Miles Bridges, a little bit of overlap in those two guys, maybe um there but i think you're okay ish smith will be the backup and uh uh many celtics fans listening to this know when they play against ish smith he generally has a pretty good bet to go off for about 25 points uh every time he's just he's just one of those guys that kills the celtics uh and then we'll see if any of the rookies can get can get in there i think kai jones needs more development time he looked pretty raw at summer league but if, a we're super Dickens athletic
0: athlete. yeah i mean when yeah. you've got i was so I thought that was a great landing, but when you've got a guard like Lamella Ball who can do the things he can yep. do, you want athletes all around him that you can just yep. run the floor, and it's going to be so much 100%. fun. It might take time, but I loved that pick. The landing spot's perfect.
1: I think Kai Jones is one of those guys who I always refer I usually use Charlotte as an example, like a Tuesday night in January when you're playing Charlotte. yeah. Uh, so let's do a Tuesday night in January when you're playing Oklahoma City uh, if you're the Hornets. You want you could throw Kai Jones in there for twenty to twenty-five minutes and just say just run and play hard. Yes, and we'll we'll get you yeah we'll get you touches we'll get you shots at the rim and those kind of things. Um, we'll st- I, I really like Jalen McDaniel's. I think he really came along strong last year. I, th- I think he can play. I I think they might try to use him as a backup five a little bit, but I'm not that's not really his role. He's much more of a pure forward. And then Cody Martin, James Booknight, we'll see uh, maybe Wesley Awundu does one of those two guys emerge more as a uh, you know potential guard option. Uh, one thing we're not going to see is I don't think we're going to see a lot of those three guard groupings that they used last year yeah, well, when yeah. they used Graham, Roger, and Ball together. They just don't have that that right mix this year um, with that. So, so probably a little bit more traditional lineups, except up front, when Plumleys out of the game they're gonna have to go small because i just don't know that they have a real true backup for him on this roster right now
0: and how are we feeling at this point now that the roster is put together on the Devonte graham trade picking up a lottery protected first for him from the uh from the pelicans
1: yeah i think it's okay i think i think they were starting to get a little expensive uh there in charlotte and i think it was one of those things where if you re-signed graham uh anybody um, should know and if you don't you'll know now uh, he's one of my favorite guys in the league just because I love the fact that he he went from being a guy who looked like his first year like he might not even be on an NBA team mm-hmm. his second year to and quite frankly I think he should have one most improved player um, his jump in stats was just insane um, and that's how good he is and I I I love those guys who come off the bench just firing and you they know exactly who they are and I'm going to go out there and try to score and make plays and those kind of things um, but I get why Charlotte wasn't going to pay him that. And then it made even more sense when they, they extended Rogier. then it became, yes. all right, yeah. they, you, you can't, you can't pay both of those guys and have ball and Hayward and, you know, all these other guys. So yeah, it's, it, it is one of those things. Now, what I kind of wonder is what happens with miles bridges. He's extension eligible. And for the first time last year started to kind of look like, all right, I can see what what this guy is Mm -hmm. i think if you could get him for mid-level-ish money if you're charlotte you do it enough enough if i'm burgess i'm saying no way and i'm betting on myself knowing that'll still be there for me next summer as long as i have anything resembling a decent year this year
0: yeah i mean look last season solid very very efficient 40 percent from deep 13 points per game six boards i do wonder what the addition
1: how many threes per game did he take
0: how many threes per game? Uh, let's see. That yeah. was on four yeah. and a half attempts per game, so not bad. That's pretty good. Yeah, not bad yeah, at all. That's
1: pretty good not bad at
0: all. So that that's solid development there from a wing player. That that's what you're going to be looking for from him. Uh, I also like the combination here of 0.7 steals and 0.8 blocks per game. That's that's yeah. some pretty good versatility there for a wing. Yep. So you like that defensively as well. But uh, I do wonder what about the addition of Kelly Oubre? What does that mean for Miles Bridges? Does that change his role at all? Does that change his minutes? What happens there? I think that's gonna be something really curious to to keep an eye on.
1: Yeah, my guess is you're seeing, um so I'm gonna group McDaniels in that group too. And I think yes. what you're looking at is McDaniels is a four-five for the Hornets, Bridges is a three four, and Ubre I think they're hoping is a two three. I think that's what you're hoping for there. Now Ubre at the two has never been really good. No. Um, because he kind of gets his shot can be kind of inconsistent, but I think as long as he's out there with Hayward or Rozier, you've got enough shooting, uh, that it can do can do that. And I think their hope is when they need a stretch element at the five, you go to PJ Washington. And I think that's how maybe you get um you you get uh Bridges or Uber. sorry the dog wants in here um <laughs> you get a uh, Bridges or Uber, um on the floor more, um, maybe at the end of games, uh, if that's what you need. Pro- probably if you need. Offense, maybe Oubre. If you need defense, you go with Bridges mm-hmm. and go small because I do think Bridges' activity defensively started to to show up a little bit more. But yeah, it's it, that it's it's a little bit of a weird roster construction. I wouldn't be surprised if this is one that's solved with a trade at some point this season
0: it's weird but i don't mind it like that because what you're what you've got too much of and and we can argue whether or not it's actually too much but it's the thing that everybody wants and that's wings right so and that's so you're fine you're fine it's so easy to move one of those guys because so many teams would be are are dying to get that kind of player whether it's a miles bridges or a kelly oubre or whoever it is uh, mcdaniels right those guys are going to be in demand around the nba and so you want to have if anything more than you think you need of that type of player because it'll be an easy move to make if down the line something pops up.
1: Yeah, and they're another team uh, that's going to have to eat a guaranteed contract. Mm -hmm. They have 16 guaranteed contracts right now. So my guess is that'll probably be uh, one of the bigs, either Carrier Richards, Mm -hmm. maybe Cody Martin, maybe uh, it could be... um, uh you know one of those, those, those guys maybe Wesley Iwundu I'm not exactly sure where he fits uh on this roster so we'll we'll see but they are going to have to get a guaranteed contract at some point so and just to close the book on, on it they have no real spending power left they use the vast majority of their room exception on um Ish Smith uh, so they, they they don't have anything uh, left to to run out there and uh sign with so that'll take us to the question of biggest strength for this team
0: i think the biggest strength of this team is their offensive versatility. You already mentioned their passing. You've got so many guys who can do so many different things, right? Gordon Hayward can attack off the bounce. Terry Rozier can. LaMelo Ball can. Uh, Plumlee is a, is a more versatile player, I think, than he gets, gets credit for, particularly when you start incorporating his passing as well. I, they're the kind of team that can really drive and kick on you when they are – when they're hitting, right? They're the kind of team that can really get going on the offensive end of the floor and just come at you in waves because they have so many different guys that can handle the basketball, that yep. can pass, that can shoot. They can, can really kind of, I don't know what I want to say here, spread their wings on offense because they have so many different options to turn to and different playing styles they can use there on offense. So I think that right there is going to be their biggest strike. That's their overall offensive versatility. They're a team that, like on League Pass, I'm going to be tuning in to watch this team and watch them play specifically for the offensive end of the floor and the potential they've got there.
1: Yeah, so that that's... More or less the same answer I was going to give. We, like you said, we talked about their passing. I think they have enough shooting. Um, let's see. Do they have enough finishing mm-hmm. around the basket? Uh, Bridges is obviously he's one of the better dunkers in the league. We, he's uh, <laughs> he threw down a couple absolute monster highlights. Uh, if, if it wouldn't get us booted off YouTube, we'd splice those in <laughs> here because they were just that much fun. Um, but yeah, he was ridiculous. And then they, um, they're uh, relative um, ability to play a lot of different styles. I just let's see if they can finish around the rim a little bit yeah. better. I, I think their offense has a chance to be really good. I think their biggest weakness is their defense. Yes, I think wing defense they're okay. I think they'll cobble it together. I'm just I'm worried about their interior they defense. I don't think it's going to be very good. Yeah. It's yeah. It's it's even last year at least they had Bismack Biombo. That you could throw out there mm-hmm. to to do a little bit inside, so I'm a little bit worried about that. I, I think um, I think they've got a collection of guys who are okay rebounders, but nobody who's going to really be a great rebounder. So maybe this is a uh, the some of the whole is more than the sum of the parts with their rebounding. Maybe that's the way it goes with them. But I just wonder. And then the last thing I'll say is, I'd like to see them play faster. They were per basketball yes, reference, they should be really twentieth in pace. What? last that, year they, they yeah that can't, right? that, they can't they they
0: can't win if they're going to continue quick. doing that.
1: Yeah. That's not agree, the way this yeah, team is Got to be faster. Yep, yeah, P- push that ball up the floor, uh lean into your offense mm-hmm. a little bit more and get get in there cuz you've got enough guys that can do that do do stuff there. So Yeah, absolutely. This Anything else for you weaknesses? Yeah, I
0: mean this team defensively in terms of just just look at their rim protection. Mason Plumley like yeah. I, I like him as a player but he barely registers as a negative impact on opponents' field yeah. goal percentage at the rim. Just barely. He's not scaring anybody from attacking the basket, and yeah. they don't really have that many guys that are going to step in and do that. And not to say that you have to play it. Like, the NBA is getting smaller. The NBA is getting faster. You don't have to have sure. a true traditional center out there clogging up the paint 48 minutes per night. You just don't, right? But you have to have some sort of deterrent at the rim for at least key portions of the game and they just they don't have that so i think they're going to get lit up on defense but the way you mitigate that is like you said you play fast you can't be 20th in pace you just can't nope. you've got to play faster you've got to <laughs> let your offense get out and go and that's going to be really important for this team this season
1: yeah i'd like to see them push being a up to end yes pace. Absolutely. They, they, they should be they've got all the and it, and the it fits LaMelo. the world with that
0: it yeah, exactly. your star yeah.
1: fits Lamello. Even Hayward, not that he's the fastest guy, but he does well when the team plays quick because he's such a good passer and he's such a good shooter and he can do a lot of different things. He's also a guy, if you push it up quickly, you don't have something immediately. He's a nice guy to kick it to on the wing and let him make a decision from there as a secondary attack. So, yeah, I would like to see this team definitely play faster. A uh, good batter in different offseason. I'll go first this time. Mm-hmm. I'm leaning slightly towards the good. Um, just because I don't the guys they lost, I don't feel like are other than Devontae Graham, major mm-hmm. losses. But I think I think um I think Plumley will be as good for them as Cody Zeller and Biombo were. I think Ubre has a chance to very different than Devonte Graham, but I think has a chance to be better for what this team needs. And then I think Ish Smith fills in the backup playmaking, uh, j- just enough. And then I do like the two guys that they got in the draft in Booknight and Jones. Mm-hmm. I just don't know about this year for those guys, but I do think I think Booknight maybe has a chance to play a little bit more than Jones, just because I think his he's more offense ready. Uh, if they, they, they need another guard in the rotation. I think he's ready to step in and do it. And then I think Jones will, will get there eventually. So I'm going to lean slightly towards the good, Uh, but it's, it's barely that beyond um indifferent. Yeah.
0: I, I'm right there with you. you. You took all the words out of my mouth in terms of the exact, the moves that they made in the draft and everything else that I like. So it's, it's good. But again, it's, I think they made better moves than the Grizzlies did. But I again, I can't say this team made a bunch of moves that have clearly vaulted them up a tier at this point. I think they're still sitting in the same tier they were in in the Eastern Conference last season, yep. save for the development of LaMelo Ball, the young guys, if those guys just, or you, you just see organic growth. I don't know that the moves they made vault them up into the next tier just yet. Although I do think that overall, they're probably, what, a couple more games won better than they were last season just based on these moves.
1: Yeah, and I think so. So let's let's lead that right into range. You can't pick them high in the East. I just there's too many good teams in the East now to see them moving past. So clearly, Milwaukee, Brooklyn ahead of them. Miami, Atlanta, Boston, New York, uh, missing some Philadelphia, pending. You so what that's happens kind of a disclaimer now. Right. So maybe they can be better than Chicago, Indiana, Toronto, uh, Washington. I I think they're, they're right in that mix with that group in that seven range um, there. I think clearly they're better than Detroit and Orlando, um, but they're in Cleveland. It's the rest of those teams. I, I think they're right in that mix. So I'm going to say somewhere in the seven to 12 range. Uh, kind of same spot where they were last year. So bottom end, I'll say 12, because mm-hmm. I just can't see them being worse than uh, any one of Cleveland, Orlando, or Detroit. Um, I think they'll certainly be better than those teams.
0: Yeah, uh, they're still in that play-in tier for me. And that's why, you know, again, I don't yeah. think they moved up a tier into the, the solid playoff teams. I think they're a play-in team. Uh, if they get some things to break right during the, the regular season, then maybe you wind up towards the top of that tier, you know, around that seven seed or something like that. And if they don't, then we could be talking about this team saying what happened, why did they regress, uh, and they could be somewhere down missing the play. And it might not be that they regressed. It could be that they just didn't improve enough. And teams, other teams like, say, Chicago, maybe Indiana, like they they got better or they, they had better seasons, and that just kind of knocked the Hornets down a little bit. The Eastern Conference as a whole, I think, is better. So for a team like the Hornets that maybe they improved a little bit, it might seem like they actually stepped back just because the other teams around them got better.
1: Yep. I, I agreed. Biggest question for me is, can they find a way to defend enough to break into yep. that top six? That's uh, I think that's pretty straightforward there. I, I don't have anything else yeah. to go to 100%. I'm right. Ra- I'm right there with you on that. All right. Ready to spin the wheel. Let's do it. Let's find out who's to. next. All right, guys. So as everybody knows, we find these out right now. Which teams we're going to preview, review next? Uh, the only guarantee is we know Boston and L- the LA Lakers uh, will not be as, as the Clippers now, right? They're they're on even footing in LA. That's what Steve Ballmer would have me believe.
0: They're <laughs> on even footing with the
1: Lakers now with their new arena. Does look pretty cool. It does um, look like, like a nice arena. It
0: looks like a, <laughs> yeah. like a pretty nice arena. But did you see how excited Paul George and Kawhi Leonard were about it? They
1: were thrilled. <laughs> yeah, right? So that was excited. Yeah, that that was the um epitome of you must be at this work function yes. even though you don't want to go. Yeah, that 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 was me. I had that look on my face many a times. I'm my, just here uh, so I don't get fine. in my former career. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Basically, so what we do is we spin this. We're just going to keep Boston and the Lakers separate if they yep. come up. So we'll we'll respin. So let's see. The Indiana Pacers, okay, and the Golden State Warriors. Oh. Two, uh, yellow blue and blue, and yellow yeah. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> we, we got a color the color spot. theme right there. Uh, those there will be good. Is. Those will be good. I'm excited about yeah, the Warriors. Fun. The Warriors, I've got a lot to say about. Them. And then the Indiana Pacers. Yeah. We'll see. There, there could be some big changes coming from them mid season
1: definitely no doubt yeah so we'll we'll see and uh then guys we will be back with you uh later in this week with news catch-ups and those yep. kind of things uh, Right, right now uh just so we're all on the same page for everybody watching and listening here the news is starting to slow down a little bit but every time we say that then we get four or five new things that, that we were Ben expecting. Simmons is
0: getting traded in like an hour <laughs> yeah right
1: exactly i've <laughs> yeah, been yep a ben simmons trade is probably going to come uh at any point here but yeah but we're, we're so we're probably going to be focused on knocking out the these uh, review previews over the next uh, little bit here. But, um, but if there is news, we'll, we'll be on it and we'll, we'll react to it and then get into it. But yeah, we're, we're excited. We're, uh uh, man by monday rolls around we'll be a week away from media day and on tuesday a week away from training camps opening then we'll have actual stuff to right. to talk about because that's when we'll start getting injury updates and find out what real stories are with guys yeah. who are back not back and those kind of things so yeah pretty excited it's
0: gonna be a lot of fun i can't wait i'm ready for it if it still feels like too far away but also <laughs> close enough to where we can be excited and, and get ready for it. So all that's coming up, and uh, don't forget, everybody, make sure you do subscribe to the NBA Front Office YouTube channel if you listen to the podcast version of this. Make sure you follow us, whether it's on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or whatever. But hit that subscribe button over on the NBA Front Office YouTube channel. Don't forget to turn on notifications as well. And, of course, like this video. Till next time, everybody, stay safe and see you.